Hello, my name's Scott Bradley and this is Scott Scott Podcast and I'm joined by John James. <laughs> you are. What, mate? You are. Uh, yes, indeed. How are we? I'm fine. How are you? I'm not bad at all. Um, so, apologies for no Scott Scott last week. Um, we recorded the episode, but due to technical difficulties, it uh, cannot be uploaded for, uh, for some odd reason. But we're back now and uh, we've got a lot to discuss. Um, a lot of the listeners were criticising me and you. Um, because they thought we were dodging the podcast last week due to Rangers losing and Aberdeen losing, well, which play, was not the case to at all. Up, to play up to the stereotype, I'm only here because Aberdeen won, so think <laughs> of that as you will. <laughs> right, so uh, I've got a lot to get into, so let's kick off the show uh, by talking about the Hamilton-Hibs game. Uh, Hibs drew one each, one each with Hamilton. Um, Hibs dominated that game, by the way. Hibs utterly Hibs. dominated Hamilton. Hibs Hamilton only had one shot. Hamilton only had one shot, and they took their chance and scored. It only, it only takes only takes one. So. Yep, that's it. That's it. Only one shot, and they took their chance and scored it. Um, Hibs, that's more points dropped. I get it. Well, that's every, that's that's several times now in the last couple of weeks that someone in the top four has dropped points, and that's again Hamilton avoiding defeat against one of the top four. That's three, three in three weeks mm-hmm. that they've avoided defeat against Rangers, Aberdeen and Hibs. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're picking up points, which is what a lot of people were saying were, were saying that Hamilton couldn't do last season when they were dropping points, like when they were going ahead. But obviously this, this season they seem to be able to, when they go ahead, they don't let, uh, when they go ahead, they're hard to break down, or when they go behind, they fight back. So Hamilton are showing a lot of signs that they could act, they might actually not be a relegation candidate, which would go against what I said at the start of the season. So Yeah, because remember uh, earlier on in the season, Hamilton had this tendency of scoring early on, taking the lead, and then they would just crumble, and they would not be able to hold on to that lead. Um, I feel as though they're starting to get out of that uh, bad habit now, and they're just they're proving everybody wrong. <laughs> like, we've said before at the start of the season, I think every pundit was saying Hamilton are going to go down, but they still keep hanging on for some odd reason. I don't know what, what it is, but they're hanging on, and credit to them. They're picking up, they're picking up points that other teams won't. That, uh, most teams won't pick up points against Hibs, Rangers, Aberdeen, but Hamilton have done it every week for the last three weeks, so... Yep, exactly. And what do you make of uh, Neil Lennon's comments after the game? He said uh, that Hamilton were kicking uh, the Hibs players off the park. He felt as though uh, Hibs had no protection from the referee. I feel as though Lennon was being well, totally over the top there. Because Hamilton are well known for being a very physical side. Yeah, And I feel as though that's a bit rich coming from Neil Lennon, considering the type of player he was back in the day. From, well, obviously, I could, uh, the game wasn't on uh, live TV. But from the highlights, I didn't see any challenges in that game that Hamilton made that they don't normally make. And Hibs have already played Hamilton this season. And the Hamilton they played at Easter Road was not any different from the Hamilton that they played at New, New Douglas Park or Super Series Stadium. Sorry. I, don't, I didn't see any difference. So I don't, I don't know what he's getting at. Yeah, he's clutching at straws, I think. Especially when you have... I'm a, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of John McGinn. And his, part of his game is his physicality. And they've also got players like Marvin Bartley as well, and I don't think... True to his midfield, his midfield should be able to stand up to that kind of physicality. I don't, I don't even think, I don't, I, I, it's strange, I don't even think the Hibs midfield was being overrun. I don't think the Hibs midfield was struggling with the physicality, I think it was a good battle. I think McGinn and Bartley wouldn't shrink away from a midfield battle, and I don't think they did. So I just, I understand his frustration that they didn't win, 
But I don't see where I don't see where the complaint is they weren't getting protection. Because it was a physical game of football, as it normally is when you play Hamilton. But I just didn't see anything that was over the top. Um, I felt as though Hibs were much better in the final third, uh, final third, in the final third, uh, because look who was not playing. Anthony Stokes was dropped, and, and I felt. You could also argue that they drew the game and didn't win. So. But they were more productive and more creative because they well, utterly dominated. They, they, no, but, but they, they, they clearly weren't if they didn't win. The yeah, game. obviously, yeah, they didn't take their chances right, but they created a lot more chances and their build-up play was much better. I think it's clutching its straws to say that they play, they were better in the final third even though they drew the game. When If they were if well, they were so much better in the final third they would have won the game. But look, last week though, Anthony Stokes was playing even though he scored a penalty, they didn't win, they lost. So your point is... No, I'm saying there were more. Because like, no, I said before in the point previously, when Anthony Stokes is in the Hibs team, he slows the play down and he's just a really negative aspect in Hibs uh, final third. And when he's not playing, I feel as though Hibs are on a much better I, side I, and they're more productive. Well, I don't think I don't think that point makes any sense. If Hibs don't go on to get the three points, if you're if you're if they were much the much better side, then they would have won the game. Yes, I think Simon Murray was the one that got the goal. I think was it against Hamilton? Uh, no, I'm actually not. I don't think it was. It might have been. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think so, you might be right about that. But, so he's done his job. He's got one goal. But I don't see why you wouldn't bring on that second striker when you need to go at Hibs. Hibs would have known going into that game especially. But you know Hibs are like well known for playing one up top. Rangers play Rangers obviously played in the Friday night. Rangers dropped points. This is a good point. this is a good time for Hibs to capitalise. Hibs could have been second. Hibs Hibs take Hibs take the lead and obviously then Hamilton pegged them back. If Hibs won that game they go second. And at least until Aberdeen play on the Sunday, they could have been second place. So I don't understand why you wouldn't play Stokes when Stokes has scored goals this season and you need a goal. But overall, Take all round, risk. Simon Murray is a better player. I think you said I, that before. I think well. Simon Murray is going. To, I, I think the 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 work rate he puts in, the running he does for Hibs, yes, he, he the goals will come for Murray. They will. Well, this, they, they're starting to come again after that. They dried up briefly since the start of the season. But the, the argument I'm making is I don't see why you wouldn't. You yes, they, they don't seem to play well together. But I don't understand why you wouldn't bring Stokes on when you're pushing for the goal. Well, he likes. He wasn't even in the squad, by the way. He wasn't even on the bench. Know, if he was injured, then. To my knowledge, to my knowledge, he was not injured. If, if he's not injured, if he's if he's not injured, then that's a very strange decision to make. Considering Stokes has scored goals in the Premier League, he scores goals when they're big goals when they're needed. So I don't understand why you wouldn't include a goal scorer in the squad to then bring him on in a game you need you to see, win. See, a lot of his fans are the same as me. They are very critical of Anthony Stokes. They don't they don't rate him. Because let's be honest, right? I've said before when he came back to Hibs in the Championship. And he only played, He only had one good game, and that was his cup final. That was it. Uh, for the second half of that I season, think, he was terrible. I think he's been a lot more productive for Hibs in the opening part of this season than what he was in his entirety of his loan at Hibs. And I think that's. No, I don't even think that's up for debate. He had. I think he's, he scored already more goals than what he did in that loan spell. I think. I believe. He only scored about six goals so, in that championship spell. So he's already been more productive this season, and it's not even halfway through. He's not there. But I think if if everyone's believing that Hibs have signed him to be their main goal scorer, I don't think that's what. Neil Lennon had in mind. I think what Neil Lennon had in mind originally was he was going to be behind Murray and Murray was going to be the main striker and if they could fit them both in he would fit them in but I don't believe he signed Stokes to be their number Stokes at best is a squad player for Hibs and he's a good squad player if you, if you had the option he's not an effective first team player I think that is quite evident if, no, but if you had Stokes on the bench in a game you need to win you'd bring him on for, for a goal you'd bring him on so if he's not injured I don't understand why Neil Lennon hasn't at least included him in the side yeah, but Hamilton five matches uh, unbeaten. <laughs> I don't, I, is that not one of their best runs 
since they've returned back to the Premier League? Um, I would say it's probably... Yeah, well, it's by, it's since, but since Neil. Uh, since at least that, that part of the season where they were flying high. But Martin Ken went from being a manager who was completely out of his depth to suddenly now picking up points against sides that you would not anticipate they would pick up uh, points against. And he's beaten sides that are going to be around him. He's beaten Dundee away and he's followed that up by not losing to Aberdeen, not losing to Hibs and beating Rangers. So... And ending a hoodoo at Ibrox, so that's also another feather in his cap as well. Yeah, since you obviously brought that up, I've briefly mentioned the, the, the game uh, last weekend at Ibrox uh, between Rangers and Hamilton. Um, obviously, credit Hamilton, they were fantastic on the day. Uh, Rangers were absolutely shocking. Rangers created plenty of chances, but failed to take any of them. Um, I mentioned Morales. Morales could not hit a donkey's arse at, at all against Hamilton. He was trying his heart out, but... He just cannot convert any of his chances. And yeah, losing 2 0 to Hamilton Aki's, no disrespect, is just unacceptable. It's just really, really poor. Um, yeah, and David Templeton, um, he, David he was fantastic yet again. He got a goal, he's got a goal against Aberdeen, he's got a goal against Rangers, and he's got an assist uh, in the, the game against Hibbert. That was a fantastic goal, so it was. So he's on a decent run of form. I don't, I don't know if he had any part to play in the goals at Dundee. Can't remember that far back. Yeah, Templeton though against Rangers, he absolutely ran us ragged. He was fantastic. He was skinning players left, right, and centre. He was he was unbelievable. And if he keeps up this run of form, teams in the top six are going to be looking at him. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely, because last week against uh, like when Rangers played Hamilton, he looked like his old self again. Like that Templeton from Hearts who was flying, and obviously he's moved to Rangers. Started off quite brightly and then that injury uh, basically scuttered him and he could never recover from that. Yeah, but it's nice to see Templeton's uh, starting to get a bit of form back and he's doing quite well for himself. And yeah, another, another good point for Hamilton considering the fact they only had one shot. I think we said, but I was talking talk about that uh, striker that Hamilton signed, uh, that Rohano. I was saying that when uh, I think he, he definitely he was one that scored against Hibs. And he was signed from, I believe, it was a Bolivian team. I, I, believe, I believe it was. And he'd been scoring goals for this Bolivian team. And Hamilton were apparently taking a huge risk signing him. And I said at the time, I said, this guy could be a decent signing for Hamilton. If, if, he, if you're scoring goals, and you're, you're, if, if that's what you do, and you come to a side like Hamilton, those goals could be precious for him. And he's so far a decent start for them. He's looked lively when he's played. And if he's going to get service like that off a of Templeton, then... Yeah. See, uh, Hamilton, did they play Templeton up top? Well, no, I, I, don't, I don't know if Rohano was... Or, did, or did they play Templeton like, think, in behind the striker? I think, I think they play him behind because Rohano... I, I don't know if Rohano started or he came on as a sub, but Rohano is the, a striker. And they played Bingham at uh, Ibrox. So it always made me believe that he might be playing behind the striker because Bingham was definitely up top at Ibrox. And Rahano was definitely up top at some point against Hibs. So I think Templeton might play behind them. Oh, Templeton, yeah. Like, when you've got David Templeton up top, or like just having David, David Templeton on the park, he is so effective, and you're guaranteed to at least get a goal when he's on the park. And do you feel as though he's managed to shake off this injury proneness that he had? Well, it's just far too early to say. Far that. too early to if, say. If he, if he can rack up, well, how many games do we play, play in our Premier League season? We played 36. 38. 36, 38. Right. So if uh, if he can at least play 25 of them, I would say he's probably over it. Because that's Premier League games, that's not just playing Championship games or League One games. 
if he plays 25 in 25 strong games, not like, not where he plays like 15 minutes here and there. If, if he can start, if he can start or play a decent majority or a lot of a lot of those 25 games, I would say he's over it. And I suppose it is going back to the the Rangers Hamilton game. He's better than Josh Windus. And You're better than Josh Mendes. David Templeton. <laughs> David Templeton is better than Josh. No, Mendes. I no, I absolutely agree. That, and like, he, and I was joking. I was joking. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Josh, David Templeton's so much better than Mendes. And Josh Mendes plays in that Rangers team most weeks. David Templeton's a Hamilton player. And when was the last time a Hamilton player could walk into a Rangers side? Right now, anyway. That's a really good point, that yeah. That David Templeton could, and David Templeton was bearing in mind was at the player when Rangers won the championship. Didn't get a chance. Well, he did get a chance. But then when he did, just injuries. He got injured, and then Warburton obviously decided. Which I'm not going to say he shouldn't have done, because Warburton wasn't the guy who signed him. And if this player isn't fit, fine, get rid of him. But he's went away, and he's he's he obviously took a good few years to recover. He went to Edinburgh. I know he was at Edinburgh City at one point. So he's. But he didn't take a good few years. I would say just he basically took majority of the season out. Well, he, he, he obviously signed for Hamilton last season. He did go to Edinburgh City though, so he was in the war leagues. So no, I don't think he went to Edinburgh City. They offered him a contract. So he went, no, but he went to Edinburgh City on a, it was like a month's basis or something like that. So he went down to the Warwick and he spent some time there. Hamilton took a punt on him. And if he continues that way, I don't see why a toxic club wouldn't want him. He is a bit older than what... 28. He is, he is a bit older than what most clubs would see as for, obviously, potential. But he could still do a job playing for a big team. He would do a job for Rangers right now if he was playing instead of Josh Windass. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say Josh Windass is hands down the worst player in that Rangers team. <laughs> Easily. Hands down. Yeah, so we'll move on. Um, we'll talk about uh, Hearts and uh, Ross County. Um, this pretty boring game to say the least, even though Hearts created a lot of chances. Hearts drew 0-0 with Ross County. Um, Hearts have failed to win in their last five games. That's, <laughs> that's poor. I think the most entertaining thing of that whole game, or the most talking point of that whole game, was Neil, um, Neil Lennon. was uh, Craig Levine's comments after the game. Yeah. Talk about how he's happy with the players, how he's he's put a, he's happy with the effort the players are putting in. I'm sorry, you're you're managing Hearts, but you're you're managing a big club in Scotland. You're happy we're not winning a game and against Ross County. You're you're happy we're not winning against Ross County. Uh, Ross County. You're, at home. You're happy against not winning uh, uh, against Partick Thistle at home. You're happy we're not winning in the last five games, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not good enough for a big club. A big club in Scotland should not be looking to not be picking up a win in five games. And the excuse was they weren't playing at Ten Castle. They've played the last two games at Ten Castle and they've drawn them both and haven't looked particularly great in both of them. Mm-hmm. And then Levine's comments that he's happy with the effort. He's probably going to need a transfer window or two to sort the team. You okayed those signs. Yep, exactly. You okayed those signs that were coming into that heart side. So now what you're basically he's scapegoating Ian Caffrey. Mm-hmm. That's a complete scapegoat. That is an embarrassing statement to make from a guy who's a, a well-known and respected manager in Scotland. It is a complete joke to be to blame on an Ian Caffrey when you oversaw those signings and you praised those signings. He okayed well. those signings. He exactly. So I and just to think, he probably had more of a say than Ian Caffrey in those signings. So it's for for him, even though he hasn't openly said it, for him to come across as if he is blaming a young coach who was thrusted into a big job. Fair enough. I was I was willing him to succeed. He didn't, but he was thrust into the job. He applied for it. He expected help from Levine, and I don't think he got that that help from Levine. I don't think he got any sort of help from him. He's okayed signings that if he didn't agree with, he shouldn't have said yes to. Because he is the director of football, he could have been advising him to not sign those players, but he agreed to it. And I've seen the list of players that have came in at the club and went out. 
14, they've brought in, since January, they've brought in 14 players, right, and 12 players have went out the door. Since, that's just since January. Well, I, I know one of the points, like, if you were not happy with signing players like Leonard Sola, etc., why okay that? Why okay those signings if you're not going to keep them on? It, it makes no sense. Clearly Levine has seen the potential in these signings, and then they've not worked. And now he's, now he's scapegoating Ian Cathro. Uh, am I, like, harsh in saying that Craig Levine isn't the answer for Hearts? I don't, I don't think, think he I is. Think it, I think, as I said, I, I said it before. Well, I said it in the unrecorded or the, the recorded episode that never got put up. Hearts need a man like Derek McInnes. They need someone. What I already needed at the time was Derek McInnes. After Craig Brown, we need the Derek McInnes. We got a young, driven manager. Hearts need that. Hearts need someone that's like a Jack Ross, as was as said. Jack Ross would be a perfect fit for Hearts, and obviously that's not materialised. They went for Craig Levine. And you know how Craig Levine's got a massive, massive ego, right? He's not going to say I'm budge, I'm resigning. There's no way, like, there's no way he's going to say that at all. I don't see how that situation gets resolved because if you sack him as manager, as he's still director of football, then why would the manager want to listen to the, the director of football who got the sack? Hearts Makes no sense. Hearts have put themselves in a very compromising position where they can't keep Levine on as director of football after this absolutely dreadful last few. Months and well, basically since Nielsen left, yeah. Basically, basically since Nielsen left, it's been an absolute disaster. And now, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if maybe Nielsen saw it coming, because if you look at it, Neil, that was the first team that came in for Nielsen. Uh, M- MK Dodge, right? I'm no different to MK Dodge, but that's not a massive English side. It's not all that attractive, is it? Um, but it speaks volumes, though. If, like, uh, I think uh, Robbie Nielsen's last game in charge was against Rangers. It was uh, beat Rangers two 0 Hearts were sitting second in the league, and it speaks volumes considering the fact that Nielsen, uh, the first club he came in for him, he jumped at it. Many Hearts fans thought they could have finished second if Nielsen had stayed, and they were second. Obviously, they were still mitigating sort of fans. I wouldn't start a game in hand, whatever. But many Hearts fans believed that. And as soon as the first, and not even more, ma- massive English side comes in, he jumped at it. In League One, they were now, like floundering around the now, relegation zone. To show, to put, to compare that, Sundown came for Derek McInnes. Hearts and Aberdeen, uh, I, 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 I'm biased, Aberdeen slightly bigger than Hearts, but still s- similar sta- stature in Scottish football, albeit Aberdeen a little bit bigger. However, he rejected Sunderland who are a much bigger side than what MK Dons are, but Nielsen couldn't have the same loyalty to Hearts. I think he saw it coming, <laughs> I think he saw what was what was about to happen at Hearts, he saw it coming, because Nielsen wasn't, ha- wasn't entirely happy with that Hearts team either, but that January window, they brought in a huge. And they brought in like nine players. And something they ridiculous. They weren't even long-term players. They were all signed in like short-term contracts. So I think that Nielsen saw what was gonna happen, what was coming, and decided I'm bailing, I'm bailing on this, and he went down to MK Dons. And ever since then, Hearts have been unstable, not good to watch, and just completely unbefitting of a club that size. Mm-hmm. But I still, I don't think Levine's the answer. No, he's not. I uh, he's definitely. But honestly, not the answer. That it's, it's a bit, obviously it's negative for Hearts, but Ross County will be happy. They'll be the same part of the business. They'll be happy. But did Ross County actually score the goal, which was it was deemed offside when it wasn't? Am I right about that? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that. And yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that was. Uh, I, it was. It was actually like the the, the linesman deemed it offside when it clearly wasn't offside. Uh, I don't and the ball went back in there. I don't know if that was part of the last week. No, that was this week. No, that was this week. Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't recall that, but I think I, I'm sure I'm positive. I'm positive it was this week. But if the, Ross County, they'll be happy with going to Tencastle and getting the point. They that's the, the their home games will be their home games against Hearts. Like 
they should be looking to win that. But uh, going to Tynecastle, getting a point, is, is reasonable enough for Ross County. They, they obviously they'll feel like they could uh, they could they could leave with three points because I don't think anyone's looking at Hearts right now and thinking, oh, they're a club that we might lose to. Hearts top six, I don't know. If they're top six, they're going to have to turn it around very quickly. January transfer window is going to be a very big window for Hearts. It's going to be, it's going to decide a lot where they'll finish. Yeah. But if Levine is going to make similar things to what he's made the last couple, like last couple of months, there's no chance that they'll finish in that top six because they're not good enough for the top six. And they've got a uh, Hibs and Scottish Cup. And so their their season, their season could be over in January because they are not going to be competing for European places with that standard of football, and they will not be competing for the Scottish Cup. Because Hibs will categorically knock them out for the third year running if they continue to play that style of football. Is it Tynecastle, I'm sure? Is. Hibs are the dominant force in Edinburgh. Whether, whether Hibs maybe aren't happy with their run of form recently, Hibs are the best club in Edinburgh right now and they'll, they'll brush Hearts aside if they turn up and play like that against them. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll move on to the Aberdeen game. Uh, before we move on to the Kelly Aberdeen game, uh, let's talk about the Motherwell and Aberdeen game where Motherwell beat Aberdeen 2 0. I think uh, I have to leave now because uh, I don't, you know, I don't talk about when Aberdeen was. So <laughs> yeah. So what was your thoughts on the Motherwell game, John James? Just, just flat. It was just completely flat and uninspiring. And I think Aberdeen showed how important Shinny is to the team when he wasn't in that in the squad for the Motherwell game, and we had no fight. There was no fight in that team at all. Motherwell had. Not Let's be honest, Marwell bullied Aberdeen that day. Strolled it. I think the players, Aberdeen midfield was non-existent. I think Tansy had a very poor game. I thought McLean had a very poor game. Christie had a poor game. I don't think anyone had a good yeah, game. See Tansy, I don't think he's made a great start at Aberdeen. Yeah. I feel, I, I, I feel Consider like, how much you were hyping him up I feel and saying he was better than Ryan Jack I feel, when he's not. I feel for Tansy because Tansy was waiting for that move for two years. He waited two years for that move and then eventually came and it came at that awkward time where Aberdeen have brought in other loads of other players as well so there's it's still I wouldn't say we're settled now I think Aberdeen are pretty settled we, we have, I think the fans have a good idea of what the starting eleven is but I still think McInnes is still tinkering with it for no reason but Tansy this is his chance to, to cement was his chance to cement his place in the first team he started two weeks in a row and I don't think he was particularly bad against Kilmarnock so I think I think he's I think he's put the game a little game behind him he put it behind him pretty quickly because I think he was a solid solid player for Aberdeen against Kelly and he put the he put the ball into the box uh, for the Aberdeen goal against Kilmarnock, so it seems like he's finding his feet. Um, so Steve Clark, right after that game, mm. he did not hold back <laughs> whatsoever. He he's said Kilmarnock start, and uh, he said Kilmarnock start was uh, disgraceful, and he actually questioned the Kilmarnock players' uh, attitudes as well. And I would say it was a much better performance from Aberdeen if, all round. If you if you give a team like Aberdeen a two-goal head start in 12 minutes, you're up against it from the start. I, uh, Aberdeen actually scored in the first minute, it was McLean. F- 58 seconds in, shout out to Chris Boyd when uh, Graham Shinney passes it to McLean, who then finishes it, who both of them aren't good enough for Scotland apparently, but they're good enough to, to beat uh, Chris Boyd's Kilmarnock side, who he can't even get in the first team for. So that speaks volumes of where they're at in comparison to Chris Boyd. But... As a well, let's be honest, Chris Boyd's had a more established career than them. Well, than, than they'll ever have, let's be honest. Well, Chris Boyd has only ever done well at one club. Well, well, two, d- club d- well, two clubs if you count Kilmarnock. I would say Kilmarnock, yeah. So he's, he's, he's only ever done well in Scotland. He's 
flopped elsewhere and Kenny McLean and Graham Shinney have never played elsewhere yet but they're still young enough where they can move a lot but of Chris Boyd's won though in his career win titles Chris Boyd's just focused Europe, on had a European run with Rangers Chris Boyd's just you have a cup final Graham Shinney scored in Europe, big European games as well so but Kenny, what about so Chris Boyd's won Scottish Cups League Cups SPL Kenny McLean and Graham Shinney still scored goals in Europe played the Champions League so is Graham Shinney so is Kenny McLean no, they've so not won the league title they've not won Scottish Cups they'll be good enough to go down England meanwhile Chris Boyd's just focused on getting out of bed in the morning making sure he doesn't slip over himself but you have a burning hatred for this man because as I said he's, he's so utterly clueless when it comes to commenting on other sides and he gets shut down every time he tries to enter a debate with a pundit that actually knows what they're talking about I had this idea I like boys up under okay. I, th- I like him I, I, he does speak sense and he speaks his mind which I like most pundits nowadays are too scared to voice their opinion most pundits in Scotland speak their mind but they actually know what they're talking about he does he, know, he knows what he, he boy does know what he's talking about he does well he knows what he's talking about the two players combined to put his command at put well, sword after 58 seconds do I, do I agree with Boyd's comments about Shinny and McLean no I don't but I respect the fact that he's voicing, voicing so, his opinion and that he's not scared to say what he thinks I'd also like to point out Stevie May was excellent against Kilmarnock I mean, Steve, that was the Stevie made that Alwardine had signed, and it, I'm, I was very happy to see him get his goal. I mean, that goal will give him confidence. He could have had two if, obviously, his header hadn't had two deflections on the way to the goal. Should have had a hat trick, shouldn't he? Oh, yeah, that, that lines. Uh, again, well, we'll get on to the other topic of that, but the, uh, the officiating in the Scottish games this weekend was atrocious. That goal that Alwardine had scored legitimately at the start of the second half was nowhere near offside. And I don't understand, and as Michael Stewart, has, Michael Stewart said as well when he was covering the game, the linesman would have had to have seen the line of Kilmarnock players before he would have even seen Gary McKay-Stevens, so I don't understand how he's deemed that offside. So, what's going, on, we won the game, so. what's going on with Kilmarnock right now at Robbie Park, right? In the last two games, they've conceded six goals and only scored one, and they've not won at Robbie Park this season. Sure. What is going on? Well, I, I don't know if I said to you... We spoke about this off-pod, we're talking about, see, the, the plastic pitch... Apparently, they're going to be getting rid of well, that next Michael, year. Michael Stewart had said that he had heard a rumour that Kilmarnock were ripping up that plastic pitch and putting in a grass park as of next season. If you have that that much of a bad run of form at rugby park, why are you not ripping that up in the close and ripping it up as soon as possible and putting in that grass park? Obviously, it takes time, but they should have done that at the start. They should have done that in the summer if they knew that that was if that, if that was their intention. I don't see why they haven't done it as soon as possible because. That clearly there's something wrong at Rugby Park. They're saying that Chris Boyd said it's nothing to do with the Astro Turf. Then what is it? What is it? It's because they they play significantly better on grass parks. They play better at Ibrox in the grass park. They play better at Parkhead in the grass park. Play better at Petardry in the grass park. They play better on grass parks. So what's the? I don't see what the what they're missing here. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. I, I really don't get it. And I think obviously plastic pitches in any top league is unacceptable. Uh, it should not be the case no team should have it no team should be able to turn up at another team's home ground and just pass the ball about as if they're having a stroll in the park and that's what Aldine were doing at times Aldine were able to pass them off the, off the park on their own park on a 3G park which is strange obviously because Aldine can't play on Hamilton's but we can turn up to Rugby Park and start strolling start strolling the game yeah it's a horrible pitch to play on it really is so uh, we'll move on um, I wanted this to be the main event so I feel as though it's uh, the big Topic within Scottish football, but um, democracy came into play. So we'll move on to the Rangers situation. I know a lot of people have been desperate to hear my thoughts on this. Um, so Rangers played Dundee on Friday night, 
and Rangers got beat 2-1 and it was a very identical performance to Hamilton uh, so it was uh, it was really really poor uh, unacceptable and I think it's safe to say Graham Murphy will not be the Rangers manager going forward no Absolutely not, no. And in the game though, I feel as though same old story with Rangers started off very brightly and I felt as though in the second half we started to get worse. Um, Morales, that was a turning point when Morales had to come off. That's That was a big turning point in the game. We got worse. Then Big Herrera came on. I've said from day one about Herrera. I had doubts. He's really poor. Herrera is really, really poor. And... I think Morales is going to be out for the game tomorrow against Aberdeen. That's a massive loss. Because I like Morales. He works extremely hard. He contributes so much off the ball. And I feel as though he's just low in confidence right now. All the guy needs is a goal. And then he'll be up and running. I think the Aberdeen defenders looking at playing Herrera tomorrow are going to be salivating over that. more than happy. Because from what I've seen Herrera, Herrera's just so static. So, so Do you know he's had... Like you heard about this? I think he's had something like eight caps for Mexico, and he's scored three goals for Mexico. Like a guy with that kind of pedigree, like surely he must have been a player back in his day. But ever since he's came to Rangers, he just does not look like a capable footballer at all. Anything you want to add to that? I, I see. I don't know much about him. So I, 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 I think I told you it, like in earlier on this season on the podcast. I think I read out his stats to you, how many goals he's scored. His stats don't... His, his stats are frightening, and I've said that in the, the bad sense. They don't make good reading, but there's not much, I don't know much about him to, to suggest... But he cats are made to go up. It's it the same thing, remember Emerson Crabari? Remember mm-hmm. him back in the day? This guy was in the Brazil squad and played the Lazio. Know. Then he comes to Rangers in League One, and he's an absolute donkey. I don't know if he was signed by Rangers because they looked at his... or he's had caps for Mexico and he scored goals, but if... His I think he's had some sort of relationship with Fekir Senior. I don't. I don't think because if he's if you're going by his club goal scoring record, he's that's not the player that should have been signed. But he's he's obviously. I mean, he's, he's, he's got a chance to prove people wrong. But like, where does seen, I don't think he's going to. See, Fekir Senior signed him, right? I was thinking, where's this guy going to fit into the team? Because obviously we started off by four two three one under Casinha, but then Morales started to pick up a little bit of form, started scoring goals. Then you're thinking, if Morales is on form, right? And then also got Miller as well. Where does Herrera fit in this team if we're going to play one up top? Well, I think Herrera was key. I think Cassini signed him to be that link-up guy. And any time Herrera was given a chance to play, he was just utterly hopeless. I also don't think Cassini had any intention of playing Miller. So I think he was going to be the backup striker to Morales as well. Mm. So I think that was probably one of the reasons. Yeah, and I feel as though with this whole squad, there's so much fear and negativity going through it. And Dundee sensed the fear from the Rangers players Dundee on Friday. Yeah, as the game went on, the Dundee players were sensing the fear from the players. I'm like, right, we can take the we can take Rangers here. Dund- Dund- I, 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 and they grew in confidence. I think I'd like to point out as well, Dundee's centre mids were excellent against Rangers. That uh, the bullet does that. Uh, oh, I've completely forgot his name. Oh, one of the centre mids for Dundee. The centre mid for Dundee he played well at Parkhead as well. Oh, his his name's escaped me, but. Uh, him and Mark O'Hara were just all over the place for Dundee. Cammy Kerr had a, typ- a typically good game for Dundee. And I thought that when he, as much as Rangers fans won't want to hear it, I thought Scott Allen was Scott Allen looked decent when he came on as well. And it was it was written in the stars that Scott Allen was gonna was gonna have an effect on that game. And he played a 
så bra en bow till Marker Harry till den pulten den blir nog Det var obviously hard for Rangers to swallow yeah, it's, losing to bottom of the league Dundee is just utterly unacceptable. It's just it's, not on whatsoever. It's happened before though. It's under Murray, it's happened before as well. Yep, I know. The, the Rangers lost at uh, Dens, so I to, and it was the same scoring, was it not? Yep. And it was all it was scarily similar as well. See, apart from Rangers, Rangers took the lead at the last time at the Park, did they not? Um, no, I don't think so. But but, but if, if, if if they didn't, then it was like the exact same game. The exact same thing happened at Dens Park. And as if Marty was talking about how he's let the, they, they let the Rangers fans down, but he's been there, he's been at Dens, and the same score happened. So he should have known that Dundee were going to play that way to make it to make it as difficult as they did. And I think Dundee deserved not to the points. I think Rangers didn't seem up for the battle, and that's been Rangers were playing well under Marty for the first two games. They slipped up at Hamilton and they showed the same cracks that had been shown under Casino, and in they cracks they. They were they were blown wide open against Dundee, and if you're a Rangers fan going into the games against Aberdeen, you've got to be frightened that Aberdeen, who are a better quality side than the other two, are going to make those cracks much 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 worse. So you consider the fact that Graham Murty threw his name in the hat to become Rangers manager, he deserves criticism. Graham, as I just said, Graham Murty's not the guy to take Rangers forward. And see that post-match interview I showed you that earlier on, that guy looked troubled like see if you've seen that type of guy out in the street or whatever I think you've got to say you're right mate because he looked like he was going to have a nervous breakdown eyes are watering up he was his lip was wobbling he was a man that was really really troubled with that defeat and there's no way he can cope with the pressure of managing Rangers Football Club I think he was a victim of his own success and I think he bought into his hype for the first two games I mean Rangers won the games and I think he thought oh, I could do this and he could do it when it was going well, but could he do it when things weren't going so well? And so far, he's not he's not been able to cope with it when things aren't going well. And he could be the range, or he could be the man that's in charge for Rangers to lose four games in a row. Like, let's look at the, the reality of it, right? Graham Murty is not a football manager. He's a youth coach. I think that's all he will amount to. He seems like a lovely guy. He does, and my heart goes out to him. But I think he's probably great at the level he's at. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, absolutely. But let's be honest, he's. He's not got it. He's not got it whatsoever. And as you just said, I felt as though he was starting to buy, buy into his own hype. And him coming out saying, yeah, I, I want the job until the end of the season. Okay, if you want the job until the end of the season, here is your audition. Let's see what you got. Last two games, totally and utterly unacceptable. Losing to Bournemouth League Dundee 2-1 and losing to Hamilton at home 2-0. Just not on. The two Aberdeen games, if he's still in charge for the Sunday game, We'll make, I think break, will be. we'll make or break him. If if I wouldn't win both of those games convincingly, then he'll be gone. I think he'd be if he'd be gone as quick as Monday morning. I think I, I think even the board know, as clueless as they are, I think they know Murty's not the guy. I think even if I wouldn't win the game tomorrow night convincingly, I think he could be gone. I don't think he'd be in charge for the Sunday game if I wouldn't convincingly win at Ibrox tomorrow. If if I, if we win convincingly tomorrow, I could see Rangers panicking and getting someone in quickly. Whether that be the right appointment or the wrong appointment, I can see them panicking to get someone in full time. Whether it be Alex McLeish, whether it be some foreign no luck, but someone, it will be someone if a Rangers lose convincingly tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a disgrace and a shambles that we've not appointed a manager. Is the AGM yeah. Thursday? This Thursday, yeah. I don't see Murray being in charge for that AGM if Rangers do lose convincingly. That AGM, that will be very heated, it will be very toxic. So will be and the board 
will need to. They've got a lot of questions that they, they need to answer for. They do because I think that's just over a month now since we sat Pedro Casinha and that manager's not been appointed. That is just totally unacceptable and befitting a Rangers football club. It really is. And Alex McLeish coming out, I think, said uh, he came out yesterday and said that Rangers haven't approached him. I've said previously I wouldn't mind Alex McLeish until the end of the season. He'll be a safe pair of hands because he's got a, a proven track record. And But you know who I would like, Dent McInnes, but it's obvious we've not right, made an approach for him. Right, Dent McInnes is dead in the water right now. That's, that's it's because we've not made an approach for him. And, and the reason I don't think we've made an approach is because I don't think we have the money. The Rangers board aren't unanimous in wanting Dent McInnes because I think <coughs> if they were unanimous in wanting them, they would have made a move. But... I think they would have made a move last season. But I don't think the board are unanimous in wanting them, which I would think disrespectful. Because which I find mind-boggling. Which would be disrespectful to Derek McInnes considering the work he's done at Aberdeen. And if you were if you were McInnes and you, people were saying, oh, but they don't even know if they want you, then why would you consider going if you don't want to work for people that you don't, that don't even know if they want you? And I think waiting this long as well, I think that's done nothing but agitate the Rangers fans as well. Uh, it's probably put Derek McInnes off as well. Mm-hmm. And it, considering the fact the last two times where uh, we got rid of Stuart McCall, McInnes was probably thinking, oh, they might come in for me. Didn't come in for McInnes. Then last season, got rid of uh, whatever happened with Wobbin, who resigned or got sacked, don't know. Then he was probably thinking, right, Rangers will come in for me now. Didn't happen. We appointed Pedro Casino, who was our worst manager in Rangers history. And yeah, the only reason, as I just said, the only reason I can think of why we haven't went from because we haven't got the money. And see if we appointed a manager a manager during the international break, right? And just say we had beaten Aki's in Dundee, right now we'd be three points behind Celtic. And now, look at by the end of the week, we potentially could be 12 points behind Aberdeen. And as I pointed out as well, and that's a potential eight points behind Hibs as well, if you lost to Hibs the following week and uh, Hibs picked up the points at the weekend. Yeah, and right, see right now at this stage, I don't know who's going to be the manager. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I was saying it in the episode that, that wasn't able to get uh, uploaded. Rangers run the risk of, if they get this wrong, Rangers might finish behind not just Aberdeen, but also Hibs. Because if they get it wrong, those clubs those clubs are got managers in place that are going to do a job for their team. And I don't think it's unrealistic that Rangers could finish behind Hibs if they don't get it right. Because show, it's shown that if, if I think if Pedro Casino had stayed in charge, they would have finished. That would have been, I think these Rangers would have finished behind Tips. And I think if you get it wrong again, it will happen. It's 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 a very important appointment for Rangers. Oh, it's massive. It's very very crucial. We said that last season when Warburton left, and then yeah, that that dub came in. And uh, I'll just say it now, right? I'm gonna be very blunt about it. I know you're gonna probably get railed up with this, but it has to be said, right? I find it embarrassing and disgraceful, right, that the fact that this season we more than likely will be fighting it out with Hibs and Aldine to finish second. That's just totally unacceptable for a club like Rangers. But I also think it's, it's just totally unacceptable. what Rangers fans need to understand is you aren't on the level of Celtic anymore. That's not where you are at right now. Rangers are a club that are very much in a process of trying to rebuild, rebuild and, that's what was, no, that's rebuild what I mean, and rebrand. That's what I mean in the summer. We spent ten million pounds, right? And let's be honest, the majority of it was on utter dross, right? But considering the resources we have, right? You can you know this yourself, right? We we are the only club in Scotland that can realistically give Celtic a proper title challenge. Consider the resources we have, and see as soon as Rangers, well, see as soon as Rangers, 
get their act together and rebuild and get back to their old ways, it will be beneficial and better for Scottish football. Well, because see this one horse race stuff going on just now, it's unattractive. It's unattractive to outsiders. Rangers were not in the Premier League, Celtic did not win any other domestic trophy nearly but as still much. Won the no, 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 right? still won the league in absolute canter. Right? Still won the league in when Rangers returned to the league, Celtic done won everything. So everyone, for everyone to try and say that just because Rangers are back in the league, that's going to prevent Celtic from being dominant, it is completely false. It's because, the, no, it's because it's, not, no, it's not different. It's the fact there's not a strong Rangers. And let's be honest, Scottish football needs a strong Rangers. Well, the evidence of that is clearly false. It's not. Every other team... So do you really think it's right. attractive that Celtic run, out, run away with the league every single season? Right. An absolute Celtic canter is good for Scottish football. Celtic it's not. Celtic have only run away with the league once since Rangers have not been in the Premier Come League. Come on, they ran away. See when we were down the Leafs, they won it comfortably. They not, but they did not run away with it. They won it comfortably. The gap between Celtic and Aberdeen, the season with Ron, the fi- Ronnie Dyle's final... That was probably the worst Celtic side I've seen in a long final, time. The final, ca- the final campaign of Ronnie Dyle, it was a 12-point difference. It was not... Still won it in a comfortable fashion. It was not, the, the league was not over until three games before the end of the season. The league was done in January last season, and that had Rangers, whether it was strong or not... But for Rangers to try and say that Scottish football needs the needs strong, if that's the case, because you know, you know, you know, if Rangers, if Rangers regroup and rebuild, no, Rangers, Rangers are the only club in Scotland that can realistically stop, challenge Celtic. Stop looking at it from that perspective. From the but you know, right. every single club is on the up. Hibs have just have recorded high season ticket sales. That but they're not going to challenge no, Celtic. You're, no, I'm not talking about a challenge. You're talking about Scottish football needs a strong. It Rangers, does, right? So you know, you saying you also you saying that Rangers. Uh, see if Rangers aren't a uh, strong. See if Rangers aren't strong. Uh, do you say okay? I Rangers don't need a strong so, Rangers. So you're oh, saying, don't need so a strong Rangers. So you're, saying, so you're saying that a strong Rangers would help Hibs. Would a strong Rangers help Hibs? I'm talking about. No, no, I'm talking no, no, about. You, I'm talking about no, overall for Scottish football. That is because, not what you're right, your statement was just so ignorant and completely wrong. It, it's not, it it's not completely wrong. Hibs do not need, Hibs recorded high season ticket sales. Hearts have came out of uh, administration and built a new stand and stayed at Tynecastle. Aberdeen are in the process of possibly building a new state-of-the-art facilities. They, those are free clubs out with those, do, out with Rangers do not need Rangers to be strong, all recorded highest t- season ticket sales that they have in recent memory. Clubs like St. Johnson, record number, they have, well, obviously their attendance have sp- well, start, slightly spiked and went down this season, but they have been enjoying European runs. Fair enough, Celtic. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Scottish football saying. I'm not saying Scottish football, uh, come on, as a whole, needs a, a strong Rangers, right? No. Because you know that Rangers are the only club that can realistically challenge Celtic. Because they can well, at one So you say, are you trying to say it's healthy for Scottish football to have a one horse race? I'm saying, I'm saying, if Rangers well at one I'm saying Scottish football, is it in a, it's in a decent state? Rangers is it a great state? Is it a great state? No, Rangers it's not. will never return to the level they were at. Rangers oh, that, that's, Rangers that's delusional. No, you're saying that that is utterly so delusional. Rangers, so you no say Rangers will never get back to their old ways? That is delusional. Rangers mate. will never return to the, re- the level they were at. Yes, Celt- we will. Celtic will never return to the level they were at. I'm Celt- talk- are you saying that they return to the level so, they were at in the sense of Rangers will never this, get back to challenging? Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't say that. In the sense of Celtic and Rangers, at once we're getting to we're getting out of the Champions League group stages, we're once reaching the latter stages of European football. That is not going to happen. That's not going to happen again. The best that Rangers can hope for is that they get second and they get closer to which, Celtic. Which I find completely embarrassing that considering the, the resources we have. And let's be honest, right, Rangers, Rangers Football Club should never, ever 
be competing with Aberdeen and Hibs for second spot. But right now, realistically, we are, and it's just and it's totally unacceptable. It's going to be like that for the next few years. And to, it's, I, I, that's, that's why this managerial appointment is so crucial. Role. Because see, if that, that's what I mean, this managerial appointment is so crucial. Because if we get our act together and get back to the old ways, and I mean in challenging Celtic, giving them the title challenge that we can give them, that we realistically can give them, but the right guy in charge, it'll be beneficial for Scottish football. Because, Celtic. let's be honest, right, do you think it's attractive for TV sponsors when they see Celtic just run away with the league every year? They're like, Sky are going to be like, oh, look, I'm well, not interested in that. They think, want to see a competitive well, title you're, challenge. You're just presuming when, uh, in the summer, Sky and BT offered record deals to, to Scottish football that had been beat. BT offered a deal that was better than what Sky were offering, which then forced Sky to offer a better deal as well. So we're actually getting more money for the product that we're producing. Do you remember so, Do you remember a few years ago when Rangers were in the low leagues and Sky were considering just pulling out the deal because they felt as though it wasn't an attractive league? Because at the point, so that point... Of so course, of course, you're going to have your opinions. At that point, Scottish football was very poor. And, to, and seeing that year between... Two, see between 2000... 2009 was probably the last year that was probably... A decent standard of football throughout the league. What did you say, 2012? Uh, no, I said 2009 was probably the last year we had a decent standard of football. See, between 2010, 12, the football wasn't good. Not just to do. It's not just with Rangers going down the leagues either. The football wasn't good. Not, that football was not attractive football. And in recent years, not just the standard of the team, the standard of football has got better. Anyone who tries to say the standard of football between 2000 and 2012 and now is not better, not nothing to just do with the teams, the standard of football is so much better than what it was, and I don't care what anyone said, it's better than watching some lifeless like League 1 game and League 2 game in England. Scottish football is a higher standard than League 2 and League 1 in England, it's probably about Champions League League 1? League 1, yeah. See, the top tier in League 1, I would completely disagree. Maybe when you go down to maybe the bottom half in League 1. Have you ever watched, yeah. the, have you ever watched the League 1 game? Yeah. See for English clubs to try. So you top tier. See top tier though. I would completely disagree. I think that there's, there's teams in Scotland that play better football than teams in League One, and those teams, probably the teams in the top, probably the top five teams in Scotland play better football than all of League One, and would easily take up a place into the Championship. Maybe the rest of it is about League One standard, but the rest of those teams are Championship standard, if not slightly better than some of the Championship. But I'm not delusional to say that they're Premier League standard. But to try and say Scottish football hasn't improved is just someone so blind. It's, it's I never, did, it's I say, did I say that? Did I say that? I'm not, I'm I'm not saying that. you said it, but see radio stations like BBC Five Live that know nothing about Scottish football. Those kind of things that say that are completely delusional and just English pundits looking down on Scottish football who believe their football is the holy grail. But see, that's a nice wee segue, um, but we're totally off topic here. But see, the thing is, um, look at Celtic getting beat 7-1 off. Uh, that doesn't help, yes. Honestly, it does not help, right? Because see, that just adds more fuel to the fire for those, as you said, the, the pundits down south that look down at Scottish football. Then you see Celtic sitting top of the league unbeaten, and you, then you see Celtic going to Europe getting hammered 7 1. That lowers the credibility of Scottish football. It I, does. I think. And Celtic are getting absolutely horsed. I think Europe the Celtic like fans need to look at Brendan Rodgers' tactics in Europe. I just don't. Un it's, it's a joke, like. Why not part of us? Because look at Neil Lennon, that's the effect of what he done against Barcelona and Celtic won 2-1. The argument that the argument Celtic make is PSG's budget is 10 times what Celtic's budget is. Well, their budget is 10 times models. Celtic's is 10 times models. So, do, do model, did model attempt at any point? This, well, obviously, well, in the League Cup final, model did not park the bus, so to speak. They were giving Celtic a game. 
If Celtic had parked the bus against PSG, yes, they would have probably still lost, but they would not have lost 7-1. But Brendan Rodgers insists on trying to play open and expansive football against these teams that are just going to pick them apart for it. I'm not saying that Celtic should have beat PSG, but they should not have got beat 7-1. And the ring has been on the wall when they got hammered by... Uh, PSG the first time and hammered by Bayern Munich. Why not learn from mis uh, mistakes? Just close it, close it down. If you lose the game, at least lose the game by not <laughs> conceding. That's now minus six on the goal difference. And they'll probably finish ahead of Anderlecht. But if they were to play, if they were in a group that was a lot closer, that is a result that would probably have an effect on them getting out of that group. And it just makes no sense. If you play like that in the Europa League, because that's where I'm presuming they're going to end up. If they if they play like that in Europa League, they'll get picked apart as well because there's going to be strong teams in that. There's strong teams in that Europa League, and I want Celtic to. I, I'll say it. I'll say it with tongue in cheek. I want Celtic to do relatively well in the Europa League, just so that they can get it's a bit of credit. It's, it's, so people can give you a credibility to Scottish football. And no, I don't want them to get anyone near winning it because we wouldn't hear the end of that if they won it. But I always want them to give them a good account of themselves. But if they play like that against the sides that are going to be in the Europa League, they're going to get picked apart by them as well because potentially you have Dortmund. The teams like Dortmund are going to be in there. Oh, yeah. And I think the best, depending on the draw, I think at best, if you get a nice easy draw, we'll get past last 32, then at best, probably last 16. I've seen people saying that that Celtic team's good enough to reach the quarterfinals or the semi-finals. Based on what? Based on what? They're unbeaten. And that, they, they're, of course they're unbeaten and that's a, a great achievement, right? But... Let's look at their budget compared to everybody else. I just don't <laughs> understand why Brendan Rodgers refuses to be a bit more closed, closed in, in the big games in the Champions League. Yes, he, wants to, he, do, he doesn't want to encourage parking the bus, he doesn't want to encourage playing defensive football, but you're not going to be able to compete with PSG if you try and play open, expansive football, because it's just, just your part. Yeah, it's just utterly delusional. And I, don't, I, I know Celtic fans will still say going to Paris was an experience and all that, I also if, you're, if you're trying to tell me you enjoy going to Paris and watching Celtic get beat 7-1, that I simply do not believe that. You probably enjoyed the trip, yes. It's a great place to go watch football. You got to see a great city, you got to see some great players. But surely you wanted to see Celtic at least make it difficult for them. That They took the lead. Great. See, when they take the lead, close down a wee bit. Mm -hmm. try, and, try and hold on to that for as long as possible. But they, they, held, they held on for how long? About, was it, I think, six or seven minutes. And that's because they keep they kept trying to match PSG. Now, you're not going to match them for 90 minutes. What was it Roger said after the game? He said he would rather play his way than but effectively sell his soul and part of us. That's completely narrow-minded. It's just stupid. <laughs> not, Celtic are not good enough. His Liverpool side, if he was managing Liverpool, they are not good enough to play that style. Let's be honest, that, that was probably the sole reason why... They didn't win the league because defensively they were so poor and they were so attack minded. Brendan Rodgers' sides recently, their whole thing is they score lots of goals and they do. I'm not going to deny that. But they're, they, he's doing it with Celtic where obviously the teams who are working on budgets 10 times less than what Celtics are, they aren't going to be able to break them down which, so they don't concede as much. But Liverpool were conceding just as much as what they were scoring more obviously because they had the players at their disposal, but they were conceding which ultimately cost them the Premier League title. I don't see why he's trying to play that football in the Champions League because it's not going to work and they're not going to achieve anything by doing that and they won't achieve anything in the Europa League by playing like that either. They can do it against Anderlecht because Anderlecht are probably similar level. And I think all Celtic need is a draw and even if Ander uh, Anderlecht win 1-0, 2-0, they're still going through because their goal difference, Anderlecht's goal difference is more uh, worse off. They need to hammer Celtic to go through. 
Same but I don't see happening. Celtic won't get hammered by a noise that Parkhead. I could probably actually see them winning that game, so I don't see that happening. They'll drop into Europa League, but they've got to change their, their style if they're going to play in the Europa League as well. Um, yeah. Um, so we'll move on to the, the cup final. That'll be the, the last game of yeah. the, the podcast. So, uh, yes, yeah, Celtic beat Motherwell 2-0. And, yeah, I felt Celtic, it was... I thought well, it wasn't a... Mullo it was a fairly a, average performance from Celtic. Mullo, I think Mullo could be proud of themselves. I think Mullo made that an, entertain, an, an entertaining final if you're a Mullo fan. Because Mullo could have easily found themselves 4-5-0 four, four, down. Let's be totally honest, right? Mullowell were still in that game, even at 1-0. <clears throat> then that horrible decision from Kay Thompson, where, Stott, uh, where uh, Scott Sinclair, let's call it for what it is, it was a blatant dive, right? And so that just killed the game off, and Celtic not, just went on. I'm not going to take away Celtic, yes, they broke Mullowell down eventually, they scored the goal. It was 1-0 at that point. But I'd, still I'd, in the game. I'd like to go back to for a different instant, where Celtic fans have been up in arms about how uh, Cedric Keepery, uh, who got sent off for Scott Sinclair diving, mm-hmm. uh, which never a red card. However, I won't deny Keepery should have been sent off for that challenge he made on Dembele. That was a it was a horror challenge. Uh, he's went in studs up and he could have seriously hurt Dembele. Dembele also went in the media saying he could have lost a leg. Now, don't don't try and act up because literally five minutes later, Dembele makes the same challenge on a Motherwell midfielder. Why isn't it? Why isn't there same outroar about Dembele making the same challenge? And if anyone disagrees, have a wee look on Twitter and Google that image because Dembele has put his at his studs right into the middle of player's ankle. That's a red card. Dembele should have been sent off. Keepray should have been sent off. And you can't even argue. Oh, Dembele got him back. It wasn't even on Keepray. Mm. <laughs> he never done it to the middle player. He done it to a middle midfielder. And then Sinclair eventually cons the ref, gets Keepray sent off. Keepery deserved to be sent off during the game, but not for that. So, I think that was the referee making up for his, his earlier mistake. Yeah, I don't understand, right, why Rodgers came out in the press, right, after the game, and he's jumping to the fence of Scott Sinclair. Remember when that Ross County player dived uh, last season? It was a witch hunt. Yeah, Rodgers coming out in the press absolutely slaughtering this uh, poor, poor guy, and then Scott Sinclair dives. It was a blatant dive, and then he's saying, no, he's not... Uh, no, 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 Scott Sinclair did not dive. When I mean, he clearly did. And watch this, by the way. Scott Sinclair will not get punished. He will not get punished. See, it's, it's difficult because we'll, we'll, get, we'll get accused of not giving Celtic credit. It is, it is credit to Celtic credit. Yeah, you, you, you defended your title. But what's so infuriating about it is Celtic fans will not like to hear that their players, who already have, their team already has a sporting advantage over the other teams when they have a far superior budget. Not their fault, yes. And Celtic fans always jump down your throat. It's not our fault we're richer. It's not your fault. It's not your fault you're a bigger club than Mullow. It's not your fault you're a bigger club than Hamilton. It's not your fault that you have far superior income to everyone else in the league. It's not your fault. You've achieved this. You do well in the Champions League to get there. You deserve that money. However, why do their players feel the need to... It's not even just in the games. They come out in the media and they put pressure on the referees. Scott Brown is the worst for it. He comes out and he, slags... Scott Brown has gotten away with so much over the last Scott few Brown continuously comes out and slags not only the referees, he slags the SFA. He was slagging the SFA for not appointing a manager for Scotland sooner. Yeah, how many times does uh, how many times has Scott Brown sent off last season? I, I don't know. I don't know, I can't No, yeah. see the amount of times he should have been sent off last season? It, it was ridiculous. He didn't, I, don't even, I don't even recall Scott Brown actually 
get a red card last season. I think he might have got one, but he didn't get. He should have had more than one. For what what annoyed me most about that Celtic game is that Celtic fans are saying we were one 0 up when that happened. We were already in control. Was that Celtic game was still one 0 You were not in control because Lloyd Moats had a Lloyd Moats uh, made God, made Gordon make a make a fantastic point blank range save. That's me praising Craig Gordon. He's made a point blank range save from Lloyd but then Lloyd Moats also had a penalty turned down, which was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Mono should have had a penalty. They don't get it. That potentially equals up the game. And then as soon as keeper gets sent off, and as soon as they get the penalty, then it's the game's over. The game the over as a contest, it's over. And I've seen people trying to say, "Oh, if Mother were still in the game, why didn't they press them?" I was like, "Well, if they pressed them with ten men, they were going to get hammered. You can't press Celtic with ten men. You you can barely press them with eleven men. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work when with ten men. And I just don't understand why Celtic fans who dedicated a Twitter page. To honest oh, mistakes, mistakes. <laughs> who go through all the decisions that referees have made against them, trying. They were tweeting before the game when Thompson was in charge, slagging him, calling him a Rangers fan, and all that. Sure, so, like, <clears throat> this is one thing we kind of get on. If you know any other club in Scotland to come out and say there's a, an agenda and a conspiracy against them, Celtic have been saying this for years and years and years, and we'll never forget that infamous moment, I think it was at uh, Tannadice, 2010, where a penalty was given, then the referee changed his mind. Celtic already Celtic won that game and they were still moaning about it on some scoreboard, uh, like fan uh, pages and whatnot. It is it is embarrassing to say the least. And I think we spoke about it off pod. They're like the establishment club. That's what they, they are. are the and they but they think the establishment is against them and they're for Rangers. They think the SFA is or pro Rangers when let's be honest, it's not. Like you have never uh, uh, honestly there's no there's no conspiracy. When, especially remember what happened. <coughs> me. Remember what happened earlier on this season in that Hibs game uh, between yeah. Rangers and Hibs. <coughs> and you never heard me come out and saying, "Oh, there's a an agenda. There's a conspiracy against Rangers." I just called it for what it was. The standard of refereeing in Scotland is diabolical. That's what it is. I don't think. Is there's no conspiracy. There's no agenda. I just think the referees are not referees strong. Are the referees are not strong enough in the Scottish league. You've seen it. You've seen it a few times this weekend. Not not only just in the Celtic Mallow game. You've seen it in the Aberdeen game with the poor decisions. The officials are not up to the job. I don't know whether that's where we sack them all and we bring in foreigners. We bring in. Do you the remember when the referees went on strike mm-hmm. and we brought in foreigners and they actually actually done fairly decent? We need we need referees that are not going to be accused of bias. And I'm pointing I'm pointing straight at Bobby Madden with this one. He's had several strong rumours that he was a season ticket holder at Rangers before he became a referee. We shouldn't have referees that have strong links to clubs. Whether that's, that's a, just rumours, so whether that's an Aberdeen fan, whether that's a Mullow fan, whatever. But no, then again, no, that's a bit harsh though. Like for this guy to, I don't know, effectively lose his job because there was these rumours going well, around he that he was a Rangers thing. Should not a Rangers game. If there's if there's any truth in it, they should not manage Rangers uh, referee Rangers games. They should not. Then again, there's been rumours going around that Craig Thompson yeah. was a Celtic fan. I, I I agree with all the I agree with everyone that said they if you have you should be made to state what club you support and if you support that club you do not referee their games you do not referee their games and make or you don't even official their games because then that leads to the questions about bias and it happens all the time then, go, then again though they can easily lie they can easily lie which I wouldn't be against remember you and Anderson? yes I've heard some strong rumours okay, right, we're, talking, we're talking about rumours I've heard some strong rumours that he's actually a Celtic fan well, and, and, oh, and he likes to play the card that he's a he's five fan well, I remember him. I've heard some strong rumours of a big Celtic man. I remember him when he had a big East Fife mug in his uh, ah, classroom, play. and I don't see why anyone would go out their way to order East Fife merchandise. Well, he's 
He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. You never know. I've heard some rumours. He's a big Celtic man. But away from all the conspiracies, the game as a spectacle wasn't very great. But that was what Muller had. Muller had to do. I thought Muller can 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 come away from that game. I think they done all they done all they could. And Celtic did their class did tell when they got the breakthrough. They got. You can tell though. I don't know what it is. Like you can tell though that. I don't know. They are. They're not. They're not going to beat this season. They're not. I'm done. <laughs> As the season goes on, it's starting to be like, right, come on. Do you, I remember the what was it last weekend? They played Ross County. They were terrible. They were awful. And they still got credit to them. They've got so much quality in their squad where they can turn up and play rotten, but still get the three points. I would happily play rotten. Exactly. I know. Points, I know. Exactly. That. That's what you want. It just shows you the depth they've got in their squad. But as the season goes on, and even I just can't see them going unbeaten, I just genuinely can't. Because look at the start of the season as well. <coughs> they, 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 drew, they dropped quite a lot of points and the hammerings they've had in Europe isn't really going to do their morale or confidence any good. Because like, going in that game, I was like, mm, I'll have a shout today. And considering the fact they got beat 7-1, but yeah, it's like, this season though, I do not see them going unbeaten. Treble though, can you see them doing that? Hopefully <laughs> not. Yeah, I, I'm not going to rule that one out. They'll get, they'll get the double. Yeah, I'm not going to rule that one out. But I'm beaten two seasons in a row. I think that's a, been a bit too optimistic for Celtic fans for for thinking that. But you will get some out there that I spoke to that are quite deluded that think they will go unbeaten. But they're run. I don't ahead. think it's impossible for them to go unbeaten. They have quality in the side, but I think they will come unstuck eventually. I think they will. I think they will. So, uh, when you get the fixtures up, was there any, any other big... Oh, uh, talking about the, the Rangers game tomorrow, I think Bruno Alves will be uh, fit, I think. Uh, well, I, I, I know that Aberdeen left out Carrie Arneson uh, uh, for the game against Kilmarnock, but that was apparently because he is not a fan of AstroTurf pitches, and obviously he's 35, so... Maybe. <coughs> I think he was left out purely to focus on the games in midweek. Um, I actually think um, Alves and McCorey, that would be a good partnership. Well, it's going to be the battle of two different partnerships because Rangers are going to have McCrory and possibly <coughs> Alves and Aberdeen are going to go with McKenna and Arneson. So Come on, we all know Alves is better than well, Arneson. We all know that. McKenna's better than McCrory, so... You should have refereed it in there, man. You know what I mean? Before you go, we should have had, like... A third person in there, because you know how Aiden's very calm, reserved, me and you are screaming at each other. You could have went Aiden for the voice of reason, or just for him to just to calm the situation uh, down. So, the two games that are on uh, <coughs> on Wednesday are a wee video run. We've got Muddle versus Celtic at Fur Park. Well, tomorrow? For, for the third time in a week, by the way. They'll, they'll play, they played on Sunday, they'll play on Wednesday, and they'll play again this weekend. Uh, tomorrow at Motherwell at Celtic, I'm going to go for a. One each actually. Do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think Mullerwell will be fired up. I think I'm gonna be. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna be way off, but I think I'm gonna make my first prediction ever on the podcast to go against them. I think Mullerwell gonna beat Celtic two one. Oh. I think Mullerwell gonna be fired up. And I think gonna Do you know get... how much hate we're getting for our coverage of Celtic? I'm not even joking. I've never. I'd see. I don't understand. I've never. You, you've been accused numerous times of being yeah. a closet Rangers fan by <laughs> Rangers players or ex Rangers players as well. So, <laughs> uh, so then obviously. The game that's on Sky Sports main event, Rangers versus Aberdeen. Um, Ibrox. Oh man, I'll be, I'll be at this tomorrow, I'm not looking forward to it. Right before I'm going to get a, a bottle of Mad Dog, classy drink. 
uh, just so I can watch this because it'll be I can't watch this sober I can't watch this team sober and I'm going to go for a realistically I'm, I'm going to say Aberdeen are going to beat Rangers 3-1 I just I don't have any confidence in this See, team under Graham Murray Aberdeen every time we go into a Rangers game and we're confident we normally slip up but I'm going to go with Aberdeen to win 2-0 and you'll be sensing the blood and I think blood, blood's in the water and if Aberdeen can't motivate themselves for a game like this when Rangers are there for the taking then I don't know what can motivate them? Oh, so that's the games in midweek, and then oh, would you, want, you want to do the predictions for the weekend, or we do that in the? Uh, and so we'll be doing another pod this week. Is that for you free Thursday? Uh, I can't do Thursday, but I could possibly do Friday. But I don't know about that. Um, is you working Thursday? Yeah. Um, we'll we'll sort something out. Do you want to do the predictions for the weekend? Or just yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it for the weekend. Right. So again, we we'll do Celtic v Part Three. Celtic beat Motherwell part three. Uh, where's this one? That one's a parkhead. This one's a parkhead. I'm going to go for that. I think Celtic will be fired up after that draw and they will win 3 1. Well, in my hypothetical situation, Motherwell have just ended their unbeaten streak, so I think they will then get beat 4 0 by Celtic at parkhead. Imagine it. Uh, Harps at home to Hamilton. High flying Hamilton? I'll go 2 0 Hamilton. Oof! Uh, I'm going to go for a. I'm going to go maybe one each. I think I'll say one each, yeah. Uh, Partick Thistle post Hibern. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 two, Hibs. Uh, two each. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross County Dundee. Ross County Dundee. Uh, I'll go for a 2-1 Ross County. I feel as though that Dundee result against Rangers was just if Rangers were had, if Rangers were in good form going into that, Dundee wouldn't have won that. I think Dundee are going to carry on from that. I think they're going to beat them 2-1. Uh, St. John's from Kilmarnock. On grass. At St. John's from ground. So yeah, St. John's. And they won their last game 2-1 against Hibs at Easter Road. I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go... 2 each. Yeah, I think that Kelly will probably be good enough for the points. I'll go 1 each. Uh, and then it's Aberdeen Rangers Part 2. Oh God, man, it's all depending on, on the how, It's all depending on how uh, tomorrow goes. Um, if Rangers lose, I don't see Rangers going to Petardry and winning. Uh, uh, maybe at best, because Rangers can the Rangers do play well for, away from home. And right before we played Dundee, we were actually unbeaten away from home. I'm going to say uh, one each. I think that Aberdeen are going to do a double over Aberdeen. Yeah, I'll do a double over Aberdeen. I think Aberdeen, I'll do a double over Rangers. I think it'll be 2-1 Aberdeen. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be, we want to do a quick preview for the next uh, couple of games. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, big Ryan Jack, making a return to Petaudry and Saturday. Well, he'll, he'll be welcome to open arm back at Petaudry. I know, you, you've heard my dream scenario many, many, many times. Ryan Jack's going to the last minute and then he's run up the Aberdeen fan celebrates. That's the dream scenario. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, good. it's two big games and obviously you're a big Aberdeen fan, I'm a big Rangers fan. Everyone knows where our uh, loyalties lie. And well, apparently some don't. So. Yeah, some people think you're a closer Rangers fan. <laughs> yeah, and but it's going to be it's going to be interesting, man. Do you think we, see if a, a controversial decision happens, we need to get a third person in. 100%. Because we know what me and you are like. Yeah. You don't want another repeat of uh, the the Rangers Hibs episode <laughs> where it was just it's just that's what it's like it's a screaming match at times. Yeah, it's but I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to. I mean, like 
if we win tomorrow, I'll be buzzing for the game uh, at Patojic. I'll be real looking forward to that. But see, uh, Ryan Jack, though, I think he'll be up for it. He'll be motivated. And those boos will so only sorry, encourage him. Sorry, and Ryan, Ryan Jack will be getting stretched off after five minutes when Shinny shows him who's, how to be a captain. And you're so bitter, the fact that he left you. You are so bitter over the fact that Ryan Jack well, said, nah, no, I'm, I'm going to buy a club, I'm going to go to Rangers. See when Greg Tansy curls in another, oh, curls in another Pretoria free kick and we win, and then, and then I'll be like, that's his replacement right there. But Graham Tansy, no, is it Graham Tansy? It's Greg Tansy. Greg Tansy, sorry. Greg, Greg Tansy is, they're as I said earlier on, they're different players. He's started the season off so, so poorly. Well, he's not had his first team. Yeah, do you know that game against um, Dundee? Ryan Jack was encouraged to go forward more. and <laughs> He's never. He's only scored like two goals. Or he's, I don't know what it is like. See when the, uh, the opportunity arises for him to shoot, he feels, he looks like he's so uncomfortable doing it. He's just like, no, pass, no, pass. He's like, it's like it's drilled inside his head that he needs to pass, he doesn't shoot. Do you know the only two teams he scored against in the last three years or something was against Dundee twice last season? That's a wee fact for he scored at Petordia and then dabbed and then scored in the Dens Park 7-0 route. Jeez. But yeah, it's that. Like, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's definitely going to be the main event. Oh, 100%. But we'll try and get a podcast in before... Um, as long as this one before the second game. as long as this one uploads or thing. yeah exactly exactly so yeah we've obviously been previewed the games and I'm just being honest I don't have a lot of confidence in this Rangers team right now because we're in absolute dire straits so before we go right make a prediction JJ who's going to be the next Rangers manager just make a come at one off the, off the top of your head off the top of my head really like who do you think it'll be uh, Alex McCush even though, even though, I, there's I, no contact with me. Even though no contacts me, it's just because there's no other person that I can really see it being. Um, I, 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 I think the chances of it being a random person is quite high now. What's the deal with Frank De Boer? Um, I, I've seen, I've seen one report saying he'd be up for it, and then I seen another one saying no. I think he might be slightly out of price range for Rangers. I think he'd demand quite a high. I think I don't think he would want to jump back into football management right now after, after the two the experience his last two jobs. I don't think he'd want to jump into a job where Rangers fans are demanding results right now, especially considering his whole philosophy is a different brand of football than what Scottish football is used to. So I think he'd struggle with implementing this brand of football with that Rangers squad and the fact they demand instant turnaround. So I don't I think that's a lose lose for Frank the Bird is it Frank the Bird? I don't think he would be suited to the Rangers job right now. Yeah, and uh, right before we go, I should have mentioned this uh, earlier on. So, if, I don't know if Graham Dorrance is going to be fit uh, for the double header, but the midfield battle will be interesting. So, we'll be, I think tomorrow it will be Ryan Jack and Jason Hall versus Graham Shinney and Tansy. So See, it depends, because McInnes lined up against Kilmarnock playing McLean centre attack, and McLean was excellent. So I don't know, but if he was excellent at centre-attacking mid, and Tansy didn't really put a foot wrong. So I think it realistically he's going to look like Graham, Graham Shinney and Greg Tansy against Ryan Jack and Hope. I mean, that's probably quite a fair assumption that that's who it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be, it will be interesting, but see, I would actually rather Kenny Miller up top by himself than Herrera the only playing. Fear, the only fear that Rangers fans would surely have with that midfield battle is who's going to win the headers in the middle of the park. Graham Shinney isn't tall. But normally what happens is we bring up, we play O'Connor centre defensive mid 
and if O'Connor's there, O'Connor's taller than everyone else in everyone else in that battle. So who wins? See, Windass, I swear to God, man, he'll start. He'll start right. I'm telling you, I've I've slagged Windass. He's gonna score tomorrow. That's what's gonna happen. Windass scored on Friday night, and overall, he contributed absolutely nothing. He does that every single game. He'll do nothing, then he'll turn up with a goal. And see, when he scored, he was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. He was like, I scored. He's just so, so poor, and I, I feel as well every episode I ran on Windass, but it has to be said, he's just utterly, utterly hopeless, and he's so, so poor. And I, I, he's one of the worst Rangers players I've seen since Ian Black and Kyle Hutton. Easily, easily. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, Ian Black, where's he playing now? Some random oh, he's playing in uh, some Lowland League, no, no Lowland, uh, some of the low, like, not even League 2 in England, it's National like, League. National League, that's what it's called, yeah. Biggie and Black, eh? he thought it was uh, the ticket and it turned out to be it turned out to be utter dross. But yeah, so until uh, next time guys, take care and we will see you soon.